season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another episode of Eagles Talk with Deeg. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. The holidays are here, and we want to celebrate at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new premium body wash and a two-in-one conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com. Use code DOINK, D-O-I-K, DOINK, for 20% off and free shipping. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past, and it's possible you have Santa's beard in your pants. Inside the performance package 4.0, you can find the signature lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is proprietary advanced skin safe technology to reduce cuts on your nuts. The Manscaped performance package 4.0 also includes the crop preserver and crop reviver, anti chafing ball dealer, moisturizer, and toner. It's time to keep your North Pole feelings and smelling fresh. Get 20% off and free shipping. You to go doink, D O I N K doink at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. You to go doink. Manscaped.com. Take a ball defense to the promised land of myth with Manscaped. Today's episode is also sponsored by CoolBet. CoolBet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. For first time users use the plus code Doink, D O I K Doink, for a 100% welcome bonus up to $200. That's code Doink, and CoolBet match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at CoolBet Canada a call on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet, stay cool and bet responsibly. I am joined again for the second time this year by my friend. Aton Shander of Fox 29 Philly and host of the post game show on Bleeding Green Nation. We're talking to Philadelphia Eagles today. Aton, how are we doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing better than our squad. That's for sure, Brendan. But it's a pleasure, brother, to be back with you. And yeah. look, it's not always good, but I'm excited to at least talk about the good, the bad, and I'm sure a little ugly as well with you. It's funny. I was thinking before the game, I was like, if they lose this one, it's going to be pretty <laughs> deflating. And yes. it's, it's kind of the feeling that around, around Philly and just, the fan base kind of has. It feels like everything that went positive for the previous four games kind of all just fell apart, and we're all coming crashing down. The Eagles are still 5-7 and seven in the playoff hunt, but this game was ugly. Let's talk about it. Uh, let's talk about the offense side of the ball because this I think that's where they lost this game, and I don't think there's an argument. The defense was sure. was fine. We'll talk about them a little bit at the end. But the offense is where this team lost this game. Um, and I think it starts with one guy, Jalen Hurts. Uh, what was your uh, – what was kind of big picture or not big picture take? What was the kind of just your take of his game and I guess the Giants? Yeah, I think Jalen is a very complicated individual to talk about because for anybody who's been rooting for him to succeed and rooting for him just to be stable as the quarterback now and possibly of the future, we knew that there were going to be some growing pains. We knew there were going to be some ups and downs. And I think what we've always wanted is Show us that you can grow from something. Show us that you can learn from something. And yeah, you said deflating, and, and that's exactly what this game was because it was a complete departure from what we saw in the previous four games. Even that loss to the Chargers, where they're in that until that final drive where that D just got bled out by Herbert. Point being is that 
when you throw three interceptions, and now arguably the whole game probably should somewhere be around five picks, but you put yourself and your team in a ridiculous hole that not many quarterbacks are good enough to climb out of. I know people, oh, Lamar Jackson, yeah, he threw four picks on uh, you know Monday night, but or Sunday night, sorry, but he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. Jalen's not there yet. So I think what we saw, honestly, was a quarterback and really an offense that got caught, I think, just buying into what they've seen and what they've done, which happens with young teams. You think they were feeling themselves too much a little bit? Yeah. yeah. Now, look, you know, it. How, how often have you seen this in, in this game specifically, right, Brendan, where – you see the ups. That's where any given Sunday comes from is because a team, a heavy favorite comes in there and thinks we don't even need to show up. We got this. And I don't even think the Eagles were that heavy of a favorite line aside. I'm just saying like, okay, they were playing significantly better, but yeah, you're right. You, we have to take kids gloves off. We have to treat Jalen hurts. Like he's the starting quarterback moving forward. It was atrocious to see him play yeah. in the first half, but we also have to have some balance too, which is those drops were accurate passes that we wanted to see. He's just, you know what, though, brother? He's just not good enough yet to overcome yeah. that deep of a hole. No, you, like, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's it's fine for a quarterback to have a bad day. The quarterbacks do have bad days. Like, this was, and this was, this was as bad as it gets. Like, even from the eye test to the numbers, 14 to 31, 129 yards, zero touchdowns, three picks. Can't get, can't get much worse than that. And, again, like, Lamar Jackson has been in this league. He's, He's been there, done that. He has he gets the benefit of the doubt when it comes to these bad games. And I've been preaching and I've been kind of thinking the last couple of days, like it's fine. He's had he's had a rough day. But in the grand total of things, this is this is a step backwards. This is this is regression from what we've seen the first four games. And he 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 kind of took responsibility for it in the press conference after he said he put himself in or this team in bad situations. You can't have that interception in at the end of the at the end of the first half. That was killer. As much as we want to talk about, it, I'm sure we'll talk about Jalen Rager in a bit. But that was where the game ended, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I'm with you, man. It, it's it's easy, I think, for people to cherry pick at the end and say, "Wait a second, they still had a chance in that final drive to win the game. Game was never out of reach. As bad as and ugly as it looked." But I think what happens is people. It's unfair to the building process, right? No building, no statue, nothing that is built up is just from the top down. It's always a process to get there. Sorry to use that term in Philadelphia sports realm here, but it it's the building blocks of it. Like it's a faulty foundation. The reality is that they should never be in a situation where yeah. they needed a final drive to beat that Giants team. That Giants team did nothing it, with it actually all goes of the to, gifts. It goes to show the talent uh, discrepancy and the and like the Eagles are a better football team than the Giants. They proved it. They had four turnovers. Yeah. The Giants had none, and they were still almost had a chance to win the game at the end. So, like in the big picture realm, the Eagles are a better team still than the Giants. I don't think that I don't think that is a question just from that game outlook. And look, Hurts was bad. He, he was he, he was a bad quarterback in that game. He needs to be better. There's no doubt about it. I think Sirianni shares a ton of blame here in this game as well. Like when you look, if you were to tell me in a year away from today what happened in on what was it, November 28th against the Giants or whatever day it was, I'll say Hurts was bad. And Nick Sirianni had a lot to do with this. He he put his quarterback in a bad situation, in my opinion, in the, in the first half as well, by throwing the ball too much. There was no need. What Was there ever a point in this game where this game was out of reach? There was no need to kind of drop back and pass. There was a stretch where the Eagles went 10 passes, two runs, 
and the score was zero zero. It, it didn't make any sense. And uh, he he said he he kept uh, harping on the turnovers. It was a turnovers fault. Yes, it was. But you you're the one that's calling these plays to allow these turnovers to happen. There was no need to go away from the run game. The run game was working the entire game. They still ran for over 200 yards. So it, it just the whole game plan was very curious to me. It didn't make much sense. Yeah, so let's look at that, right? Because they still run for over 200 yards, yet the general takeaway, and I agree with you wholeheartedly here, is that they didn't run enough, or at the very least, they moved away from the run in key spots in the first half. And it's the easiest thing to recognize. This isn't armchair coaching or quarterbacking Monday morning, whatever you want. This is easy stuff. If a guy is struggling throwing the football and having accuracy issues, why the hell are you doubling down and asking him to throw more? Especially when you... Right, Brendan, they had a month, including that Chargers loss. They had a month straight of football games where they were dominating teams on the ground. And we were all kind of waiting like, is the other foot going to drop? Are, you know, are they begging to go back to this identity in the first half of the season? I'm with you. It was maddening. I, I, I'll say this. The one thing that really gets me with both Sirianni and Hertz, and, and this is something that should never happen. You mentioned Rager, so we'll talk about Rager specifically here. But the one thing that really gets me where I can point to both of them, maybe equally 60, 40, whatever, I'm just pissed off at both of them equally, is there is no, I don't want to be in a in a world where Devontae Smith is out-targeted any day by Jalen Rager or really anybody. Like, yeah, I no, could see maybe Dallas Goddard, depending on game flow, if you're just wide open in the middle of the field. But really, that's where I'm so pissed off at both quarterback and coach because – Devontae's a number one wide receiver in this league, mm-hmm. and you got to treat him like that. No, at the end of the day, you want your best players making plays in big time in big time uh, scenarios. And look at there were two scenarios here where this happened. At the end of the first half, Greg Ward is getting this little is getting this little uh, uh, out route in the end zone. Greg Ward's a fine player; he does not need to be the focal point of an end zone <laughs> attempt. Like, there's no need for him to be running that route. Why can't? Why can't why can't Devonta Smith run that route? I'd rather Jalen Ranker in that situation run that route. As crazy as it sounds, Dallas Goddard. Like there, there needs to be someone else on the field instead of Greg Ward in that situation. And then, great point. Devonta Smith had four targets. That's not enough. No matter how you, yeah. I don't care if he's getting double covered. I don't care right. if, if, if he's the focal point from the defensive perspective. Devonte Adams gets double covered all the time. Best players on opposing teams get co- double covered, and the defense is focused on them, and they still offense. Good offensive coaches still find a way to get to the ball. Devonta Smith needs to be more a part of his offense, and that's end of story. And Nick Sirianni needs to figure out a way to do that. If that's if it's Jalen Hurts, the one not throwing to him, I don't I don't buy that. Like he can he, he can say that all he wants, or people can say that all he wants. I think this is a game planning problem. I don't think this is just a Jalen Hurts problem. But at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts is bad. Nick Sirianni was bad. Um, <laughs> well, let's touch on the defense quick before we kind of zoom out. Uh, defense was good. They kept playing. Uh, they kept playing hard, and I think they deserve. They're not getting a lot of credit here, but I think they do deserve at least a couple minutes of time because they kept this game. They kept this team in this game. They did, and I, I ask you this question not to take away because I, I don't want it to sound weighted like one side takes away from what they've done. I honestly don't know how deep to take away what happened on Sunday because on one hand, it's hard to ignore the fact that as bad as the offense was, as self-destructing and harmful as the offense was, defense didn't give up many points. They they led to, you know, held to field goal drives and they really did what they should have against a bad Giants offense. But we also talked about how the Giants just could not 
do anything with those turnovers. They squandered gifts. Mm-hmm. So it's not like if it, if Brennan, if it was the opposite where, hey, the Eagles defense was good enough, but the Giants offense was so bad they couldn't do anything like that doesn't take anything away from me for the defense. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, they didn't. Maybe that's a good sign is that they didn't give up 24 to 28 points to that bad Giants offense. And they sh- you're right. They should get credit for that. Just because you do your job doesn't mean you shouldn't get a pat on the back. Yeah, they, they were fine. Like the, the one thing I will say, and I kind of came was one of the first thoughts I had after the game is they didn't get a takeaway, which I know is not the end of the world. Like they only gave up two, they only got 264 yards, under 200 yards passing, under 100 yards rushing, 4.6 yeah. yards per play. And it's as good as you can get. Um, but the, the, I think the Eagles in, in the last four weeks have kind of thrived on getting ball, the takeaways from you know, from the opposing team. Like Darius Slay's pick six um, and the Carolina Panthers, when I remember that, they had, the, they had those three interceptions. When they've been winning games, they've been getting takeaways. It didn't happen in this one. And it kind of – and I, I guess they can hurt the offense. I'm not saying they, the Eagles defense should hold blame for that, but that's something that did catch my eye. Like if there was a big – if, there, if they had a big interception, for instance, if they had a big takeaway sure. at some point in that game, this game looks a lot different. That never happened. So the Giants just didn't turn the ball over, which I think was a big part of this game. And I do like how Jonathan Gannon somewhat adjusting. You can see him sending more pressure. You can see him playing more man-to-man. They played a ton of man in this game. I would like to know the actual stats. I've been kind of waiting to see if I can get my hands on the coverage stats. But um, it looks like he's not sitting back in zone and just allowing quarterbacks to kind of pick us apart anymore. Right. And, and that's what we wanted to see. I, I know mm-hmm. um, a show I was doing ahead of time from more of a DFS and, and season long fantasy standpoint, we we're talking about Galladay and he came up a bunch. And my biggest concern for people rushing to play him was how often you'll see Slay on him man up. And, and especially in shorter yardage, like when the field gets smaller in that red zone scoring opportunities. And you're right. As much as we all, I think, have been critical of Jonathan Gannon from a strategy and an approach standpoint, he's doing what Nick Sirianni did on the offensive standpoint the last month. He's allowing his players to make plays. And dare I say, he's putting guys in a better position than he was in the first half of the season. But it does come down to players. How could it not? You just mentioned the key stat here. I don't even know how official it is, but I love it. And it's official right now for our conversation, which is when they're winning games, they're turning the teams over, right? They're yeah. turning, and, and that's players. That's ball hawks. That's Darius Slay. That's putting pressure. That's knowing how to strip a quarterback. That's knowing how to hit a quarterback to force a bad throw. All of these that, that, that veterans, those are guys out there making plays. And it's not that they sucked or anything. It's just circumstantial that yeah. they couldn't do it. But I they felt never got that the big play. They just never got yeah. that big play. And the D-line was not getting a lot of ton, ton of pressure today. Um, it was a lot more of the Giants receivers just not getting open. They they were desperately missing the Sterling Shepard and a Kadarius Tony in yeah. his show. Yeah, like they, they, yeah. they, they didn't really have much juice in the in the, uh, in the uh, playmaker position well their offensive um, line too is atrocious yeah no agree <laughs> um, okay let's talk to Rager here uh i think i think this game emphasized well we'll talk jalen hurts big picture here but jalen yeah. rager big picture here i think this emphasized the fact that the eagles are the, the wide receiver is still a massive need on this team there, there's no doubt about it they have not solved this problem devonta smith can, you need you need to add a piece here in the 2022. I know I'm looking ahead, but they need to sp- open up the checkbook and pay a veteran wide receiver whatever he's asking for to come in here and sit beside Devonta Smith and grow with him because Jalen Rager, no one on the roster right now is good enough to have that, that have that roster spot. 
And I don't trust Harry Roseman to go out and waste another top draft pick on a wide receiver. They've already invested too much in that position. They need to invest draft picks on the defensive side of the ball or elsewhere. They need to open up with the checkbook and sign a veteran wide receiver free agent. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I mean, look at this. Would you honestly, you, would you honestly be upset if we fast forwarded to the offseason and at the start of camp next year, the only two guys that are holdovers from this team, and I don't think it's going to be the case because there is capital invested in other guys, but would you truly be upset if the only two holdovers from this year's core were Devontae Smith, who clearly can play in this league without a doubt, and yeah. Quez Watkins, who has size and speed that used as a 3-4 wide receiver yeah. on this team, somebody that you're not relying heavily on, but somebody that you can use, maybe in that Van Jefferson type role, somebody like that. Like, that's really he, it. If he's the perfect three receiver. He's yeah. the Quest yeah. they need. They need, like, I have my eyes on Chris Godwin. This is the guy that I would oh. be paying. I know we're ahead of the game Don't here, tease but, me. Don't yeah, tease me. But, like, someone, like, there, there's Chris Godwin's out there, Devonta Adams, just a few, but Godwin's a guy because he's young. He's 20, I think he's only 25. You can pay him a five-year contract, then you have Devonta Smith and him together for a lot. That is very intriguing to me. Again, there, there's so much time ahead, and we have no idea what's going to happen up until now in March. But, they, like, again, they, they need to move Quez Watkins to the third receiver role. He's not a, he's not a two. And right. a, a lot of people aren't really talking about that that first interception with Jalen Hurts. Uh, Quez Watkins kind of didn't run a very good route, and he was it looked like a little pass interference, but wasn't all on Hurts. Again, that throw cannot be made. But yeah, Jalen Rager, that this pick has been a flat out disaster, and he he um he can't be he can't be a, a focal point of this team anymore. I've been preaching on this podcast for weeks that they should not be targeting him, that his target should be going to Kez Watkins and Devonta Smith. Yeah. Still, he's still he's still getting targets, which I don't get. But this pick has not worked out, and it's not even just the Justin Jefferson stuff. Like, look at the receivers after T. Higgins is playing very well. Like, there's those guys. Like, it didn't have to be Jefferson. Like, just Jalen Rager himself in this wide receiver class is the worst pick out of the first eight or nine receivers taken. So it, it's been it's been a bad draft pick. They need to move on. They need to find a veteran to do it. And I because I don't want to spend any more high capital on a wide receiver. Yeah, so this is where I'm, I'm torn, right? Because you have two years where one year it's, oh my goodness, it's more of a representation of failure, drafting somebody that high in the first round at that position. And then I'm sure shades of Nelson Aguilar are going to come back into people's minds as well. They did nail Devontae Smith. I will say this. The caveat is it's hard to miss on a no, talent he, like that. Right? It, didn't take, so, it didn't take a smart football mind to be like, right. hey, this guy's there at 10. Let's go get him. Like, you're right. <laughs> he won the Heisman. Like, I don't think he should be getting a ton of love for taking Devonta Smith. No, no, no. And, yeah. and that's why I added that caveat. I'm not trying to give him any props for it. But if there was something, and look, we'll see what happens with the Dolphins and the Colts picks as well. Although at this point, it may even be the Eagles who have the best shot at the highest. Right pick now, the it is right. Round. The Dolphins. Right, I, think we're, exactly. I, I think the Dolphins picks ten or nine. It's crazy. Yeah, they keep winning football games. Yeah, but know. point being is, if they had a slam dunk, if they had a slam dunk, and forget Howie Roseman, I don't care about Howie. I care about Brendan. If they have a slam dunk on your board. Are you still adverse to them taking somebody in that first, maybe top 10? Because you can still, and I, I'll say this, you should still open up your checkbook and spend as much as you can on a veteran wide receiver as in the free agency. But I think I'd like to combine both. Yeah, they, they, I, don't, I don't think the pick 9, 10, or 14, or wherever they're at right now, or wherever they will be, I don't know if there's actually a wide receiver as of right now. Like Garrett Wilson looks good. Jamie Williams, of Alabama looks pretty good. I haven't, yeah. I, I'm no draft. I haven't 
dove into this draft yet, but it doesn't look like the top 15 will be flooded with wide receivers like it has been over the last years. This looks like one of the worst wide receiver classes they've had in a bit. So in my opinion, I just think money on veteran offensive players, draft capital on defensive players. Infuse the defense with young talent. There's not a lot there. You use a lot of your, your draft capital already on offense, so I think they should go the other route. But it's interesting. It's going to be really cool to see what this team does. I just... Yeah. I, they, I would like a veteran guy but across from Devonta Smith on the other side. Them two grow together. It just makes complete sense. All right, before we go, did this game change your outlook on Jalen Hurts? Where do you sit about him? Where do you sit with him? Do you want him on the twenty-two roster? Like, what, what, what are you, uh, what are you thinking on Tuesday? So it didn't change at, at all. Actually, it reinforced my conviction, belief, if you will, that he's not there yet, but he's on the right path. And at some point, rubber's going to meet road here, and we're going to have to talk about, not today, of course, but we're going to have to talk about if the right people, coaches, are around him to grow him to that next level. Because we've seen this in the league where guys have had accuracy issues or need to get better at throwing the ball, going through reads, making sure you're actually going through your progressions, things that we've seen, I think, signs of Jalen improving on. So it's there. It's in his DNA, right? I, I know that it's in his DNA. I also know that he's going to have games like this as a starter. You know, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, anybody in between, Josh Allen, guys that are playing at an insane level have stinkers, have just yeah. like, oh, sometimes they're able to bounce back in the same game. Sometimes they need a week to correct things. So this is where I think we all wanted growth. To answer your question, nothing has changed for me. I still want him on the 22 roster, but this has been about, okay, what happens when you make a mistake? You know, like we are all parents right now and I'm a new one. So this is where my mind is, but we're all parents right now. And our, our child made a mistake and we want to see how they respond to it. And yeah. everything that that child has done since then has been the right thing because he's been raised by a coach and he knows what to do. So yeah. I, I want to see what happens moving forward, but in, I can't, I can't shake the feeling that at some point, this team, the front office is going to look at Russell Wilson. They're going to look at somebody and say, here's the shiny keys in front of Jeffrey Lurie. Let's go bring in a quarterback. So it's out of my control, yeah. but nothing has changed, at least for now. I think you used the great term. You used the word respond. His response to this game is going to be everything and how he bounces back. They're playing the Jets. Jets are not. They're the 31st ranked DVOA pass defense right now. They're not a very good defense. So this is a team that you should be historic or realistically you should be able to play well against. He has an ankle injury, and I will see if he's even going. It'll look, my guess is he plays, but uh, yeah, it, it, I don't. Again, I, this doesn't change. This game didn't change anything for me. He had a very, very bad game. I've always kind of came have this mindset that Jalen Hurts is going to be a twenty-two quarterback if they don't find anything better. What else is out there? The Eagles fans are crazy to think Kyrie Roseman and Lurie are not going to be in the quarterback market this offseason. Sure. They're going to be. They're, they, 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 they are obsessed with this position. They will go and look for someone if they can find one. What's the alternative to Hurts, though? Is it Russell Wilson? Is it Deshaun Watson? I, I don't want to give up three first-round picks for a Russell Wilson or a Deshaun Watson at this moment right now. We'll see what my mind is in a bit. But I, just, I, I think the fan base needs to take a deep breath, allow this five weeks to play out, and go from there. Because he just finished his 16th game. So right now he has a full season under his belt. 29 total touchdowns, 4,321 total yards and 11 interceptions. Now, um, again, nine of those uh, touchdowns are running touchdowns. But again, he's finding the end zone. It's about getting going forward, right? It's about moving the ball forward. doesn't matter how you do it. So his running ability is a part of him. He is a, he's a very good runner. 
If he yeah. can improve the passing and attach it to his run game, then you got something. It's just his passing needs to get better. It needs improvement. He's still a 23-year-old kid, so let's let the season play out. All right, brother, thanks so much for jumping on. Why don't you plug in anything you want the listeners to take a look at? Easiest thing is just to follow on Twitter at Shander Show. Do stuff for Fox 29 throughout the week on the morning, and then also we do props and locks Thursday night. So just follow along on Twitter. I'm, I'm happy, man, to hang with you anytime. This is fun. For sure, man. Appreciate you coming on. Make sure to uh, check out yesterday's episode of the Double Doing Podcast. I'll be back Wednesday on the Double Doing Podcast, and Thursday, Eagles Talk with D will be back, and we will talk to you later. See you.